This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you confuse your teas? Do you change lanes without signaling? Do you forget birthdays? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things that can make it better when we have to live together. We can all use a little help. Some people don't ask themselves. Were you raised by wolves? Hey everybody, it's Nick Layton. And Flea Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our moose bouche. Woo! So for today's moose bouche, I want to talk about having high tea. So Leah, we're in London. And oh, look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament. We're having a great time. We're seeing all the sights. And somebody has invited us to their home to have high tea. So Leah, should we go? What time of day is this? What are we going to be served? What can we expect? Tell me all about it. Yes, we should go. I'm going to start there. Okay. Let's go. Yes. Accept the invitation. I'm delighted and excited to go. Uh-huh. I assume we're going to have tea. Mm. And I imagine there are some sort of little sandwiches. Maybe there's a cucumber. I hear about these right. cucumber sandwiches. Right. Okay. Um. Is that is that it? Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> when is this happening? When is it happening? What time of day is this? I imagine it's early afternoon. Okay. So what you're describing. Or maybe it's late afternoon. Or is it or is it eleven AM? Is it eleven AM? <laughs> <laughs> so what you're describing with the tea sandwiches and the tea and the afternoon timing is afternoon tea, which is sometimes called low tea. And that is not the same as high tea. And why this is important is that Americans actually often think the terms are interchangeable. And they're not. And I don't want you going to the concierge at the Ritz in London asking where the best place to have high tea in Mayfair is. And then they give you a look and they're like, clearly American. <laughs> and then they send you somewhere that's like not that good. Because they're like, oh, well, you don't know anything about tea. So like, we're not going to bother giving you a good recommendation. I don't want that to happen to you. Thank you. And so I want you to know the differences between these terms because British people take it very seriously. And so we should too. 
So long story short, afternoon tea is that thing that's in the afternoon. And it was originally just a way for bored wealthy people to like do something in the afternoon between lunch and dinner. They like <laughs> had enough embroidery and they were like a little peckish and they're like, oh, let's have some scones and some jam. And like, that's what they did. But if you had a job and you couldn't actually leave your job in the middle of the day to like have tea and little finger sandwiches, then you had your tea when you got home at the end of your day, which was like five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock. And what you needed was way more than cucumber sandwiches. You needed like more food. And so high tea is more substantial. There's going to be probably some potted meats. There could be fish. There could be an egg course. There could be some salads. Like it's going to be more of a light supper. Oh, so this is like it's supper time. It is a supper. Yes. High tea is really a light supper. Yes. I mean, that wasn't even in my guesses. And I think the confusion comes from the word high. Like when we hear the word high, we think like, oh, must be fancy. High society, the high life, highbrow, your highness. I was thinking high like high noon. That's why my fourth or fifth guess was a, a, <laughs> like 11 a.m. or 12. I was like, oh, it must be when the sun is high. Right. Yeah. It's not that. It actually refers to where you're actually being served. And so the story goes that it's called low tea because it's served on low tables. You're on a low couch. You're sipping tea very low to the ground. Whereas high tea is more substantial. It's served at a higher table, a dinner table, and you are in a higher chair. And so that is the story for why these things have their names. Oh, wow. So yes, if you call the Ritz and you ask for high tea reservations at 4 p.m., they'll get what you mean, but they're going to judge you and they're not going to give you the best table. And I want you to have the best table. So just know that there's a difference between these things. And what you're probably after is afternoon tea. I never would have known that there was a differentiation. And we would like, let's book us back to back teas. I want to do a low tea and then I'd like to do a high tea after that and have all the foods. Well, then there's the elevenses, which is a tea break at 11 o'clock. So we really could have tea all day long. I do know that one because it's in Lord of the Rings. Um. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Where you know most of your British etiquette. And we're back. And now it's time to go deep. I mean, deep and far, deep and fast, deep and put on your turning signal. (laughs) So for today's question of (laughs) etiquette, I want to talk about driving. I've been really looking forward to this deep dive. (laughs) Well, it's not that deep. Other people exist. End of segment. Cue the music. That's it. That's There's exactly what I wrote at the top. They, <laughs> right. Everything is like, there are other people out there with you. And Ms. Manders has been asked about this many times, and she is just confused and amazed by the, quote, ostrich-like delusion that people cannot be identified because they are safely inside their cars. And that feels like that's the whole thing. That because we are anonymous, or we think we're anonymous in our cars, we think we can act with impunity. Right? It's really unbelievable. I That's what it is. It's just, we think no one can see us, so we feel uh, like we can get away with it. It's the same reason why people are nasty online with like internet comments, because it feels anonymous. And so you just are your worst version of yourself. And I, I feel like our listeners know I have some very strong feelings about driving etiquette. As you should. I was actually looking to see what Amy Vanderbilt had to say about this. And she basically says, you can learn a lot about a person by riding with them in their car, way more than you would if you spent hours with them in their living room. You really get to know somebody's true character, like behind the wheel, which I think is true. That's so true. That is so true. And I do want to add the caveat that, like, obviously, all of us make mistakes sometimes. Sure. Yes. And I did this week. I did. And I, you know, I I wish there was like a thing in your, like a sign you could put up in the car in the back that like a, that said, my bad. Like, that was totally me. (laughs) So sorry. But I honestly, unbelievable. Some of the things people do. You're like, are you even aware 
that there are other people out here. And I think what is maybe a little maddening is that there are some aspects of our lives where there is no template for the correct thing. Like the laundry room, which comes up quite often. Like how many minutes should you allow wet laundry to stay? Like we have not come to a consensus on this. But with driving, I think it is very clear how you're supposed to do it. Like the rules are very clear. We all agree on what is supposed to happen. I don't think there's any ambiguity. There's no ambiguity because actually with driving etiquette, it's pretty close to the actual rules, which there is a book that you have to study (laughs) and take a test on. Yes, I think the only thing that can be said is that driving is a skill and not everyone is good at it. And so I think that may be a baseline reality that we have to live with, that maybe not everyone's good at this. And actually, if you do a survey... Most people would say that they're above average, which is statistically impossible. We cannot all be above average when it comes to driving. So I think some of us are just incorrect. I have a few friends that are straight up. They're like, I'm a bad driver. You don't want to ride with me. (laughs) I appreciate that. Heads up. I pity all the other people on the road, though, who have to be on the road with this person, though. Oh, I think for me, there is like if I had to break it, there's. You know, the people that aren't making people aware of what they're doing, they're not sick. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to signal for at least 100 feet. You don't signal when you're turning. Yes. You signal before you're turning. That's the whole point of a signal. Yes. The word signal is to signal your intentions. <laughs> it's right. actually a word that is what it is. You're signaling. And then there's the people who like get angry and act rudely. So they, I feel like there's these two separate, which everybody knows, all of our listeners know how I feel about people who are behind you throwing up their hands because you're in traffic and somehow they're going to take it out on you. Calm down. Yes. No, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the barbecue test is like the key thing. And I think we referenced it in some previous episode. Basically, if you were on the road and something happens with another vehicle, what would you want to do in that moment Such that if you ended up at the same barbecue as that other car, you both were going to the same barbecue, both pulling up at the same time, both getting out of your cars at the same time, both now going to spend an afternoon together in somebody's backyard. What would you have wanted to have done on the road to make that barbecue less awkward? Yes. Whatever that is, that is the correct answer. And I do, I think it's, there's an interesting honking is interesting because there is the honk that's like, I'm letting you know I'm here because I don't think you saw me. Right. Or I think you're not paying attention and you're missing your light. And that's just a, hey, like a, yeah, and which I think is what the honk was made for. Um, Obviously, sometimes you got to honk. Yes, I think the honk has different uh, intonations. But people that lay on their horns because they're you're not going fast enough in traffic. No. Yes. I mean, certainly even a short honk, if there's no danger or you're not alerting me to something, you're just angry. Uh, also not good. No, no, no. Honking out of anger is is rarely ever. I guess there's never a good time when you should be honking with anger. We do not honk out of anger. We're honking because there's a some kind of a safety issue or to let people know, like at a, a left turning light, it's probably you get three seconds. If that person's looking down, you want to let them know we got to go. So yes, definitely honking, aggression. It, it always comes down to a kind of aggression. I guess that's a major theme. It's sort of obliviousness and aggression. Yeah, those are the two categories. And not I'm going to add a third category. Okay. If somebody lets you in, in front of them, they let you come in, they let you turn in, they let you pull out in front of them, you acknowledge their politeness. I want to wave. I want to nod. I didn't have to let you in. Okay. I mean, I feel like we have so many other problems to tackle first. No, I can't handle it. Not getting a thank you. No. For letting someone go first. That can't be one of our priorities, Leah. It's up there for me. I can't stand it. I let everybody in because that's how I roll. I'm going to let everybody in. Uh People that just go, I just need 
you could literally move your chin a half an inch and then I'll be like, gotcha. You know what I mean? But that's, that's how that works. Oh, I want that to happen. I for just you. want to be acknowledged. No, I, and I want that for you. I'm just trying to prioritize. This is triage. This is an etiquette emergency. And we got a lot of patients in our etiquette uh, emergency waiting room and we got to triage this and you getting a wave because you let somebody in is not the patient we're going to see next. That's not. You're going to wait for a while. Obviously, we want to have things that are safety issues up top, but I'm trying to focus on etiquette. I mean, safety is also not, I mean, yes, of course, all the safety things apply. Like, that's not even part of the discussion. The thing is, is that if I don't get enough, if people don't start being like grateful that they let you in and nobody, the the bad side of that is nobody lets anybody in ever again. Okay. I mean, that is a, a fair point that etiquette exists to benefit everybody and everybody has to give a little to get a little. Yes. And that is sort of what etiquette is. So that is true. If we live in a world in which no one ever received gratitude for doing a nice gesture, then gratitude would cease to exist because people would have no incentive to do them. I just want to be, I don't even need, it's not even a thank you. It's just like an eye contact that's like, oh. Well, that's a thank you. I recognize you let me in. I guess it is a thank you, but it's not like I need like them to. Yeah, that's an expression of gratitude for, thank you for doing this thing for me. Yes. I don't need them to get out of the car and genuflect. They can just be like, I see you. Appreciate that. (laughs) Okay. I mean- Genuflection, that would be great. I mean, then we'd all have to stop, you know, traffic. It would be a whole thing. Okay, fine. Now, that's on the road. Should we even get into what goes down inside vehicles? I mean, this topic is so large. I didn't even think of that. Backseat driving, putting your feet on somebody's dashboard, changing the radio without the driver's permission. Well, I think we know that we do not touch people's radio without permission. Well, we know all of these things, though. We all know all of these things. We know these things. Nobody listened to this conversation and be like, I had not thought of that before. I just, sorry, I got lost for a second in the thinking about the amount of people that don't signal here. And you're like, how do you think that people know that you're changing lanes? Well, when your 2,000 pound vehicle (laughs) starts moving towards me, I get the hint. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just signal. Yes. I think it's basically that we've all agreed on these rules, essentially. We're all going in certain directions. And say you're a person who just stops in the middle of the street, which I've brought up before, and throws on your hazards, and you're waiting for somebody to come out instead of just pulling up onto the curb. Yeah. You've now stopped all the, everybody who is going in one of two directions from doing what they were doing because you've decided that you just want to stop there. And somebody should drive up to your car. Uh, they obviously aren't the the parking. They're not the people checking park. There should be another group of enforcers who are like, I'm flagging you. You're getting a flag <laughs> for disrupting <laughs> the natural flow of how everybody else is doing things. I mean, what a world that would be. Back to our flag march. Boom. Yeah. I think Flagging. we just, yeah, we just need more flags, more flags. People, more people just need to get flagged. It's just like realize that other people exist, exist. It really always just comes down to that, doesn't it? Why is it always that? It's just always that. Well, I think it comes down to the idea of feeling that you're alone. And I think in our car, we feel like we're in a bubble. And when we feel like we're in a bubble, we feel like things outside of that bubble are sort of extraneous, almost like we're watching a movie. That these things are not part of our lives. They don't affect us. We don't affect them. And so, therefore, there is no etiquette consideration required. Because why would there be to these inanimate things around us that have no effect on our lives? I feel like that's what's happening. I think it would be a very interesting study. I don't know who we can get to do this research. If you follow the people who are very rude on the road, how many of them are that rude in life? 
And how many of them only do it because they feel they're of the anonymity? I would suspect most people do it only in their cars. And that in the office, at the play dates, at the daycare pickup, in all their other aspects of their lives, even inside the supermarket, in the laundry room, at the coffee shop. I'm sure they're actually very polite and considerate. But once they get in the car, it just, uh, it all goes out the window. I would actually think that a higher percentage of those people were also that way in their real life, Mm. just not as blatantly. Oh, so deep down they have dark hearts. They have dark hearts. But they're less blatant about it when they're going to Zumba. Some people are just not good drivers and that's a different thing. But some people who are, they're just being, they don't care. They're cutting you off. They're doing what they want. And I think that all of those people have some kind of thing in their personality that you would know that, yes, they come to Zumba late and then stand in the front. Yeah, this would be a very interesting study to see whether or not bad people are bad just in their cars or if they're just bad across the board. I think there are some people that get road rage that we couldn't have called necessarily, but maybe we could have. Yeah, but I think out there, I think next time you're driving and you feel um, compelled to maybe do something you wouldn't do on the street if you're a pedestrian. Like if you're a pedestrian, you don't like shove other people or like breathe down people's necks right behind them. Yeah, you don't walk up one inch behind them because you don't think they're walking fast enough. <laughs> right? right, like I, I hope we don't do that. And so like all this stuff we, like, we don't do outside of our cars, like we do in our cars and like, that's weird. So maybe the hope is that when we're in our cars, we'll just be more mindful to live our lives in the car the same way we live it outside of the car. And so that we are living our lives consistently in all modes of transportation. Maybe that's the hope. Yes. Now I really want to do this study. Now I'm just hot for this study. And now I do have one thing on my list, which I don't know if it's driving etiquette, but it's just a request. If you have a tow ball on the back of your car and you don't need it anytime soon, please remove it. I cannot tell you how many times I've been walking in a parking lot and I've banged my shin against one of these things, not knowing it was there. And yes, it's my fault. I should be more careful. But I'm just not anticipating a shiny thing that blends in with the background hanging off your bumper. And so it's just a request. You got a tow ball and you don't need it anytime soon. Uh, Take it off if it's easy enough to take off. I'm going to add one to this. Okay. When you drive in at night, it's not high beam time if there are other cars around. Okay. I'll see your high beams at night and I'll raise you uh, when you're filling up your car at a gas station and you're done don't park in front of the pump when you go inside the store to buy other stuff. Oh, that just happened. And I was waiting behind this guy and I felt like he knew I was waiting and then he would just go sat there and got on his phone and I was like, I'm not even. I'm backing up. I'm going backwards into the other one because I see where yeah. this is headed and I don't want to lose my temper. Yep, I know. It's another 10 minutes. Yeah, I don't have time for that. What's happening with that? Just pull around. Yeah, just you're done with the gas. Okay, great. There's uh, some other parking spots here that you can have. Really? Everything. Boils down. Other people. Exist. They do. They do. Believe it or not, other people exist. (sighs) And then another day, we'll talk about parking. (laughs) I don't have the emotional strength today to talk about parking. Well, we didn't talk about parking. We didn't talk about inside the car. So maybe that'll, we'll just package all that together. Well, this is one of those topics, you know, like a comet. We'll return to our solar system every so often and we'll address it again. Because inside a car will be fun because we can also discuss when you're with people that you don't know. Oh, carpooling. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, it never ends. So audience, if you have any ideas for what we should talk about the next time we talk about this topic, let us know. But hopefully we are going to make everybody a little more mindful about driving. And hopefully we are one step closer to achieving world peace. 
honestly think in my top 10 things for world peace, on that top 10 is you're going to signal for 100 feet. This is how long we're going to let people know. (laughs) Okay. I would definitely have that on the list. Absolutely. Mm. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. (laughs) Because as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge (laughs) to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident Mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen. And it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! So our first question is, quote, how do you overcome terrible handwriting? I'd like to send more letters and cards, but my handwriting is terrible. I spent a lot of money on nice stationery to try to get into the habit, but I'm constantly embarrassed by the finished product. My penmanship is bad and my ink smears. Are line cards only for children? Does any company make them? Would people ask if I was raised by wolves if I sent cards or letters on line stock? This is such a great question. Yeah. I would love to ask our letter writer just really quick. Because I have, I slant when I write. I can't seem to write in a straight line. And then also sometimes I, my words are closer together and then they're further apart. So what I do, I write it once. I handwrite it once on like just a sheet of paper to figure out what I want to say. Mm-hmm. And then I rewrite it again to sort of for the actual physical writing of it. And then I write it on the card. Oh, that's good. I think for people who don't love their handwriting, composing it off the page is key. I think trying to compose and focus on your handwriting at the same time is tricky. So I think definitely composing offline on some other piece of paper first and then transferring it to the card, I think that is definitely a good place to start. I And I do it twice. Once is for the composing. The second one Mm -hmm. is how is this going to fit? And then the third one is the show. And I think it's important to note that just handwriting is a skill. It's a skill like anything else. So if you want to get better at that skill, then you do have to practice. And so it just requires time and practice. 
And I think that it's lovely that you want to send handwritten letters. And I bet your handwriting is better than you think it is. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm not worried about legibility. And as long as it's legible. I mean, as long as you are able to be understood. That's the whole point. When I get your thank you note, as long as I can understand it's from you and you are saying thank you for something, I'm good. That's actually all I need. I'm not judging your handwriting, your penmanship. I'm not looking at what ink color you've chosen. Like, I'm actually not worried about any of that. Just like, oh, you took the time to send me a prompt thank you note for something I did for you. Great. Achieved. Really appreciate it. And that's all I want. And then I want to say this uh, for the ink smears. I tend to smear because I'm left-handed. Mm. So um, certain ink doesn't smear. And then I will also actually put a piece of paper under the lower part of my palm. Okay, that works. When I'm writing. And for the question about line paper, you could totally write a letter on line paper. I'm like, fine. I think there is the index card trick, which I like. And actually I do use when I'm trying to get very straight lines, like on an envelope. And what I do is I take a standard index card that has the lines on it already. And I basically line up the index card, some of the lines with where I want my line to start above the index card. So I'm writing above the index card, but I have a basically using the index card as a spacer. Am I describing this? Like, do you get what I'm talking about? Yeah, and then you slide it down. And then you slide it down, the number of lines in the index card for the amount of space you want for each line. And you just make sure that that's consistent. Now, this works better if you write in all caps, which I do. So I don't have any descenders in my personal typeface. And writing in all caps, have at it. I think it looks great. I'm happy to do it. I don't mind. Uh, You don't want my cursive anyway, so it's a win. (laughs) So I think try the index card to see if that helps. But I think at the end of the day, for legibility, consistency is key. As long as you have sort of spacing that is consistent from letter to letter or word to word, and as long as your slanting is sort of consistent uh, along the way, and as long as you write the same letters the same way each time, that for legibility for me is what I need. Because then, you know, once I get some words, like I can context fill any other legibility problems that may exist, as long as the same way you dot your I or like circle your L is the same each time. I don't care how you do it, but like as long as it's consistent throughout your letter, like I'll figure it out. So I think you just have to send more letters. Don't worry about your handwriting. And if you'd like, we would be delighted to receive a letter from you. And we would be delighted to tell you how good it looks because I'm sure it will. I'm sure it's terrific. So our next question is, quote, I accidentally forgot about a family member's birthday. What should I do in this situation? I mean, I would immediately reach out. Oh, my goodness. Whatever your wording is for I can't believe I blanked. I Uh super apologize. Obviously, I want to wish you the biggest of happy birthday. I'm I'm celebrating you all year. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, approach because like what are your choices here? You can do that. Or you can continue to ignore it. I don't think there's a third option, is there? You can also, if you don't want to call, you can send a card that they have happy belated cards and then you write that. Yes, you could do that. I mean, I think at the point when you realize the birthday has passed, I think you want to now jump on it and now wish happy birthday. That's the point when we want to do that. So whenever that is, that's when you do it. And it happens. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely happens. And it's never the crime, it's the cover up. So yes, etiquette problems happen, but uh, how you handle it, that's where the rubber meets the road. So the way to handle it is just acknowledge you missed it, apologize for that, express your sincere birthday wishes. Yes. And happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday to your family. Actually, sidebar, I just bought your birthday gift today. And I'm very excited for you to open it, even though your birthday is not for quite some time, (laughs) but I'm ready. So I also can't wait to see what you think. You know what's really crazy? Did you buy me a Toto NX1 toilet today? No, but I did (laughs) just put your Christmas present into a package. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know, audience, when you're going to be listening to this episode, but it is not close to Christmas at all. I just saw this thing and I was like, I'm going out. This was never brought up in any conversation. There was never, I'm just going to go out on a limb and give this a shot. Oh, this will be the true test of whether or not you know me. (laughs) Ooh, I'm excited, a little terrified. Can't wait. So our next question is, quote, I'm literally binging your podcast en route from D.C. to Connecticut and having a blast. Well, I just pulled over to Refuel in New Jersey, where it's illegal to pump your own gas. Honestly, had I remembered this tidbit, I would have driven on fumes till the next state line rather than be an awkward turtle with a gas attendant. When he started to approach my car, I suddenly couldn't figure out how to turn anything off. The engine, the GPS, your lovely voices coming through my speakers. He made brief conversation with me, which I strained to politely yet quickly get through so I could frantically Google the transactional etiquette for these pleasantries while the gas pump clicked away like a timer counting down to a high stakes etiquette quiz. I only had two cash bills on me, a $1 bill and a $5 bill. This felt like a setup to either overtip or undertip, and I wasn't comfortable doing either. Or maybe you're not supposed to tip at all? Then he washed the back window and I was horrified, not knowing if this was an extra service or what. Still, Google wasn't returning any helpful results in time, so I decided to give the $1 and hit the road. But before I continue on, what's the etiquette for interacting with a gas attendant in New Jersey? What I love is this this <laughs> sentence feels like so many moments of my life. When he started to approach my car, I suddenly couldn't figure out how to turn anything <laughs> off the engine, the GPS, your lovely mic. And that <laughs> right. all, people start and all of a sudden you're like, I don't know how to do anything anymore. <laughs> I also like this visual of the gas pump clicking along like a timer in an etiquette quiz. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. And then they go and they wash the back window and you're like, and you're like no! Wow! Yeah. No, I, I, this is fraught. It's fraught. I always get so stressed out at stations where you can't pump your own gas. Well, it's really New Jersey. And I think Oregon still has it in most places if it's not rural. So there's only two states in the union that like still have this, this gas rule. And then I feel like sometimes you pull up to a pump and you didn't realize that you pulled into the the full service. Yeah. And then you, you can't leave. So Leo, what, what should you do in New Jersey? What's the rule? I always end up over tipping. So long story short, I think you asked most people from New Jersey, they do not tip because they're like, this is required by our government. And that's just the deal. Like we don't tip for basic pumping at all. And I think if you ask most attendant workers in New Jersey, the people who tip are people with out-of-state license plates. So I think Mm. that's, I think, kind of what is happening currently. Whether or not that's right or not, who can say? But I think the reality on the ground is that I think most New Jersey people probably don't tip for the basic service. However, I do think tipping is nice and maybe even required if they do go above and beyond for you or provide some other service like window washing or if it's bad weather. I mean, if it's snowing out, I mean, let's tip. Or if it's like a holiday, it's Christmas. I, I Let's tip. Let's tip for that. And of course, you're always allowed to tip if you want to. Like if you just want to, want to pay it forward, you're having a good day, want to give somebody a couple bucks. That's also fun. And it's always interesting when like you didn't ask for somebody to wash the back window and then they do it. Right. That that does feel like a bit of a trap to get you to tip. It yeah, feels a little, a little trapping. Bit. It feels a little trap. I mean, I would still tip, but I don't feel I do feel like that was done on purpose. Yeah. I mean, it, it's possible. It's possible. I don't want to say it was done on purpose because I'm a positive 
full of love kind of a person. But I do, I recognize <laughs> feeling trapped in that situation where you're like, I didn't ask for this. And then now they're doing it and it's an extra service. It's, it's complicated. But I think at the end of the day, the standard tipping rules apply, which is like if somebody went above and beyond, you want to, you go there all the time and you're regular or you want to like ensure good service in the future. That's why we extra tip for like food delivery when it's gale winds or ice snow coming down. Yeah. If it's a heat wave, it's if it's sleet. Yeah. If you've inconvenienced this person more than normal, more than the normal service. So if you live in a five-story walk-up, if your car is very high, you come in with like a monster truck and they have to get a ladder <laughs> to get up there. I feel like that would be the equivalent. <laughs> so you should tip. If you have a monster truck and they have to climb on a ladder to get your gas tank, yeah, you should tip. I think these are all solid parameters. Very solid. So do you have questions for us where we can give you some solid answers? Let us know. You can let us know through our website, where you're raised by wolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. Now it's time for an intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I'm loving being part of the Book of the Month because I often stay within the genres I already know or the particular authors I already know. And they're introducing me to new authors, things I might not have known about. It's so exciting. So Leah, tell me about what book is coming. I'm receiving in the mail very soon, The Return of Ellie Black. Where did she go? We don't know. She disappeared for years earlier and then resurfaces in the woods of Washington State. And I can't <laughs> wait to know more. If it's a story set in the woods, you're there. It's really true. I want I want a cozy town or a woods. Or both. Or also take a city. You know, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, as long <laughs> as there's murder or suspense, you're there. I like if there's some food. So you out there, you can get your first book for just $5 using promo code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com, use promo code PEDALS, and get your first book for just $5. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my books of the months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love <laughs> Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent? I'm going to throw a spoke in the wheel this week. Oh, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Driving fun. As I, I did have a vent, uh, but it's so specific that... Mm. I'll just handle that in my personal life. You know what I mean? And Okay. You don't need to air your dirty laundry with the global audience. Okay. It's so dirty. Um, but I did have something that I, I wanted to bring up and I was like, how would it, how, where would this fit? And I thought an interesting, you know, normally I follow the venture, the repent uh, guidelines. Uh -huh. This is a, could have been a huge 
repent. Okay. And it was fixed in real time. So it was a prevented repent. Yes. It was a prevent? A prevent. Okay. And I love that. It was a prevent. And I felt so, because it was a situation where I felt my anxiety mounting so fast Mm. that I visualized how I normally would have handled it, which would have been uh, a chaotic nightmare. And then I was like, no, no, no. I heard your voice in my head. Not the crime, it's the cover-up. And I just okay. immediately fixed it. Okay, so what has happened? Or what What was about to happen? Oh, it happened. I just immediately took responsibility. I'm in Ralph's. Ralph's, the supermarket chain in Southern California. Which I love. I love okay. Ralph's. All right. And I have, they make a homemade guacamole and they make a guacamole salsa, which is spicier. So I had a big thing of guacamole salsa. Uh-huh. And it's plastic. And I'm carrying it. And then I was looking for my blue tortilla chips, my blue corn tortilla chips. And I reached up high to the high shelf. I got it. And then I realized that the ones I like were actually in the low shelf. So I went to put the high one back. And I I don't know what happened, but I somehow knocked my other hand. And this huge tub of guacamole salsa falls and explodes. <laughs> okay. So clean up in aisle four. Yeah. And I mean, it explodes. And there are people coming down the aisle. And my instinct was to take my sweatshirt off and just start <laughs> wiping what? the floor. And to like, Leah. I wanted to just like throw the chips over it to like cover it up. I felt like some kind of a wild animal that was like, cover it up, cover it up. <laughs> and then I was like, people drop things. You're going to handle this. So I just uh-huh. like, I just was like, um, I made eye contact with the people coming to be like, don't step there. And then I went and I found a person and I was like, hey, excuse uh-huh. me. Who works there, hopefully. Yes, the person who worked there. And I made sure they worked it. They had the outfit on. It wasn't uh-huh. just somebody accidentally wearing the same color as the grocery store chain. Okay. They had a name tag. And I had the now empty smushed thing. And I said, I dropped this. It exploded right over here in this aisle. Obviously, I'll pay for it. I'm going to get another one. How can I help? I said, how can I help clean up? And the guy... He was like, oh, I got it. He was like, honestly, don't worry about it at all. And he goes, just give me that. Go get another one. Very nice way to handle it. I mean, this happens every 20 minutes in the store. I I mean, I've never exploded a entire thing of guacamole. And I can't even tell you, I wanted to like dropping, a, taking a grenade for, a, I just wanted to dive on top of it and just be like, nobody walk here. I'm just going to clean it up with my body. <laughs> the idea that you would take off your sweatshirt and mop up Guacamole on a linoleum supermarket floor is, I mean, what, what, what is, what is wrong with you? I was fighting against it. I was, what is wrong with you? Physically fighting against it. I was like, just go get somebody. It's okay. You dropped it. It's not a big deal. Just go get somebody. And my voice had to be in your head to tell you to like, not do that. (laughs) Like that, that is what was required here. Okay. I mean, glad to be the voice in your head for that. But But I really feel like my voice should not be necessary. (laughs) Your voice is probably plenty for this. I and the guy was so nice. He was like, "Oh, don't worry about it. I got it." And he's like, "Don't pay for that. Go get a new one." All right. So we will be more careful not to do this in the future. I mean, I've never done it before. This is my first thing dropping, exploding in an aisle situation. That's actually the most remarkable part of this story <laughs> that you have actually never <laughs> dropped something in a supermarket before. Like that actually feels like the most surprising thing for you. Well, believe it or not, I hate causing a scene. Oh, so you're always very careful. <laughs> When you're I'm carrying very items. careful. I'm very careful. I don't want to break something that it's not mine. It makes me very anxious. That's why I wanted to cover it up. I was like, no, I can't believe I did this. But I was like, you don't have to cover it up. You're allowed to make mistakes. You just have to fix it. Well, speaking of mistakes, 
I would like to repent. <gasps> what? Now, it doesn't happen often. Don't get excited. Whether or not this is really a repent that I feel truly sorry about, who can say? But <laughs> here, is, here is what happened. And I will try not to sound defensive about it, although I'm a little defensive. Mm. But I'll give you some context, and then you can decide. So I'm in a cab with some friends, and we're heading downtown after seeing an off-off, off-Broadway show. And it's getting late. And apparently, allegedly, in this cab ride, it was discussed that the show that we all watch together, like our appointment viewing each week when we're all in town, um, apparently it was discussed that we would wait to watch the next episode because I was traveling and they had something happening that night until we were all back. Now, I don't remember that part. I, don't, I, just, I just don't remember it. And so I ended up watching that episode without them. I did. I did. And for that, I am very sorry. And I repent. Now, the friends who this happened to, they asked me to repent on air with you all <laughs> as part of this. <laughs> that made them feel better that I would, I would say that I did a bad thing in front of a global audience. And so I am doing that. And I do feel bad because I, I didn't mean to watch this episode without them. Did you text them and be like, this? oh, I can't believe this happened. I, I didn't do any spoilers. They asked, had I seen the episode yet? And I said, oh, yes, I did watch it. Have you seen it yet? They're like, oh, we were supposed to watch it together. To which I said, oh, I will look through the text chain to see where that is in writing. And they're like, oh, no, it was in the cab last week. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's why I say, allegedly, this took place. I mean, who's, whose memory is accurate? Who, who, could, who could say? I love how Nick's repents come with a caveat. Well, I mean. you know, do I feel bad about this? I don't know. <laughs> but I, I did do the deed, though. I did watch the show without them. They were hoping I would. I'm sorry that I did that, that I deprived them of me sitting in the room with them while we watched this television show together. And <laughs> so I am sorry. Um, and I definitely will be much more mindful in the future to not let this happen again. And I am repenting in front of all of you uh, per their request. And so uh, hopefully we can all move on. Hopefully we can move on. <laughs> but couldn't you still go over and watch it and pretend and, you know, act surprised? I'm not saying lie about it. I'm just saying you could just be like, I'll watch it again. Um, I mean, they wanted to watch it because they're like, oh, good. There was nothing else to watch tonight anyway. So like <laughs> they were also happy to watch it. Uh, but, you know, it, it wasn't ideal how this all unfolded. And so for that, I am sorry. And um, it won't happen again. I'm not going to want to repent again. You think I want to repent? You think I like this? You think I enjoy this? No, absolutely not. I am not interested in repenting. So I, I make a very solid effort to never have to do this. So I hope to never do it again. I love it. I love that your friends are like, we want an apology on air. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they knew that was really going to get me. And it did. I love it. I love them. Leah, what have we learned? I mean, world's open. I had no idea of all the different tea levels there was. Oh, sure. We got high tea. We got low tea. Not the same. Not the same. And I learned that you have actually never, until now, dropped something in a supermarket. <laughs> yeah, Unbelievable. This is my first one. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that was the case. And here we are. Here we are. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks to you, Heather, for listening. I'd send a handwritten note to my custom stationery if I could. He would. So for your homework this week, are you following us on social media and getting our newsletter? If you're not, you're missing out. Sometimes we pop up as guests on other shows. Sometimes we have new merchandise to announce. So you got to follow us on social media and get our newsletter to stay in the loop. Stay in the loop. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 
All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. I want to do a big Cordials of Kindness shout out to Christopher in Los Angeles. Chris is a wonderful listener and also has been so incredibly kind and supportive and gracious to me in my move to Los Angeles. And it's just such a delight. And I'm so thankful. That's very nice. And for me, I want to say thank you to my friends out in Southampton who had me as a house guest this weekend. We did all the Hamptonsy things. It was very fun. We had Rosé. We went to Shelter Island. We had brunch in Sag Harbor. And so it was a great escape from New York City. And I'm very thankful to be a guest in their home. And hopefully I'll be invited back. So fun. Very fun. So thank you. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right? Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm-hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm-hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. (laughs) You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. 